Welcome to the Healthy Hair Podcast. Your host, Dr. Amy Brenner, is a board-certified OBGYN with additional certifications in functional and integrative medicine. This podcast is meant to help women find reliable, relevant information to help them feel better, look better, and live better. Here, you will hear in-depth information about hormones, sexual medicine, aesthetics, cosmetic gynecology, and functional medicine. Hey everyone, thanks for listening and thanks so much for sending in your comments about what you like, what you want to hear, and occasionally sometimes what you don't like. So we really appreciate listening and that feedback. If you get any extra time and want to give us a review or a five-star rating, we'd really appreciate that as well. So anyway, on to our next topic. We're going to talk about something called postmenopausal bleeding. Cyclic bleeding is something that most women are well-versed in. You get used to tracking your cycles, and eventually you pretty much know what to expect on a month-to-month basis. But as we age and our hormones change, these cycles start to change as well during perimenopause. And once you hit menopause, there shouldn't be any bleeding, even though you may feel like you're still pre-menopause. But what do you do if you're bleeding after menopause? Today, we're joined by Brittany Fowler, one of our NPs here at Amy Brenner, MD and Associates. And she sees patients on a daily basis. And unfortunately, postmenopausal bleeding is a very common issue that we see in our practice. And so we're going to talk about whether bleed, when you need to seek medical advice, um, and what the deal is with postmenopausal bleeding. So welcome, Brittany. Thanks for having me. Before we get started, if you just want to tell everybody a little bit about what you do in our practice and and your approach to treating patients in the medical side of our practice. Yeah, so I've been here about a year and I am seeing patients of all sorts, doing all the things, HRT and gynecology patients as well as some aesthetics. I think um, this is an important topic to talk to you about today because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about postmenopausal bleeding and when it's normal and when it's not and what to do when you have it. I see a lot of patients that come in and tell me they've restarted their period. And um, I think most women don't know that that's not normal to restart after you've been through menopause. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So the fact that maybe your college daughter moved home for the summer and you started bleeding again, that's not normal. Right. Um, So let's just go back to the definition of what is it, what does menopause mean? So menopause means you've gone an entire calendar year without having a cycle. And I think this is where a lot of patients get caught up on spotting. They would spot and then they would go months and months without anything. And then they think they're menopausal or they think they're done and then they would start spotting again. So kind of clinically, I try to educate patients as to you have to go that 12 calendar months without any kind of vaginal bleeding, spotting, a full-blown period, nothing. It has to be that 12 calendar months. Right. So then what does postmenopausal bleeding mean? So anything after that 12 calendar months, and I tell patients every day, if you start bleeding on month 13, 
that is abnormal. And I think a lot of patients, like you said, with the college daughter coming home, they don't realize that that's abnormal. They just don't know that postmenopausal bleeding is not normal. So what should somebody do if they are listening to this and they've had postmenopausal bleeding and they're like, uh, yeah, that happened to me. What should I do about it? Should I wait to see if it happens again? What, what should you do about it? I would definitely recommend being seen. Um, and even if you come in and you say, you know, it was just a little bit of spotting for one day. I didn't think it was that big a deal. It's still worth a visit. It's still worth getting checked out. So what are the first steps that you would do if somebody comes to you and says, okay, I, I actually listened to your podcast and I've gone through menopause. It's been a year since I had a period and I started spotting again. So I'm here in your office. What, what happens then? I think first and foremost, we're going to want to do a pelvic exam just to see if there's anything going on. We're going to kind of rule out infections because sometimes yeast or BV can cause any kind of vaginal infection can cause some spotting or some bleeding. So that's first and foremost is to rule out infection and get a pelvic exam. And then what? Do, I need, do people need any additional testing? Yeah, at the visit, we'll kind of talk about causes of it, but we definitely want to get an ultrasound. And I think we want to make sure that there's nothing going on in the uterus specifically. So we're going to order what's called a saline ultrasound. Yeah, and in, in our practice, we do a saline ultrasound, which is why I really like... Um, if when people go to their family doctors to not have their family doctor just go ahead and order an ultrasound that's done at the hospital, because a typical ultrasound or just the um, where the x-ray tech performs the ultrasound and maybe puts the probe on your abdomen and then puts a probe in the vagina. That's just a typical abdominal or pelvic ultrasound. But a saline ultrasound, it's also been called a sauna histogram, is where actually the doctor comes in and puts a speculum in, like when you have a pap smear, and then puts a little catheter up inside the uterus and puts some fluid in there, and it distends the walls of your uterus so we can get better pictures of is there something going on inside your uterus. And Brittany, maybe you can expand on, well, what is that something, what is the something you're looking for? What are things in your uterus that can cause this postmenopausal bleeding? Yeah, I think the big thing that we've seen in our practice is fibroids. Fibroids yeah. are, you know, there can be estrogen receptors on them, so that can make you bleed. Um, definitely polyps you could have polyps up in there but that's again going back to that's why you need the saline ultrasound just so we can see what's going on correct the other thing that's done at the time of an ultrasound is um, measuring the lining of your uterus and you know there aren't strict cutoffs in the gynecology community some physicians may use a five millimeter cutoff as the thickness of the lining of the uterus some people may use a four millimeter cutoff. I personally use a four millimeter cutoff. And uh, if it's elevated or the thickness of the lining of the uterus and there is not a polyp or fibroid in there, uh, then I also like to do a biopsy of the lining of your uterus. 
Yeah, I think the biopsy is important um, just to make sure what's going on. Like you said, if the lining's not thickened, then why are you having this this biopsy? So in a biopsy, it can be any kind of uterine cancer. That's why it's so important to get. Um, and even, so cancer is kind of the worst thing. Nobody ever wants to hear the C word that we're looking for cancer, but actually the guidelines from ACOG say that anybody over 45 that has irregular bleeding, you should consider doing an endometrial biopsy to rule out uterine cancer. The other thing that a biopsy can show is actually something called endometrial hyperplasia, or I like to say it could be considered a, a precancer. Um and I've been I've been shocked, actually, really shocked over the past year. Of, You've had a couple just in the recent weeks. Yeah, of people that I wouldn't think are at increased risk for cancer or precancer, which, you know, that's a whole separate topic. But just in general, being over an ideal body weight, history of polycystic ovary syndrome, unopposed estrogen use family history of uterine cancer, diabetes, those can predispose somebody to endometrial cancer. But I've had some people where, you know, we've we've done our protocol of um, doing a biopsy uh, on people over 45. In fact, these I've actually used the cutoff of 35 of if you're over 35 and have too much bleeding, too long bleeding, postmenopausal bleeding, heavy bleeding, that you should get a biopsy. And yeah, just in the past couple of weeks, I had normal weight 40 year olds just with heavy regular bleeding have a precancer show up on biopsy that was actually shocking. Yeah, I think one of the main takeaways too is women need to talk to their provider about their bleeding. I mean, every time I do an annual exam, I'm asking women, doesn't matter what their age, what are your cycles like? How long are you bleeding? How many, you know, how many days and how's the flow? And it's important. I think women get caught up in, well, it's just my period. It just, I just deal with it. But it could be an indication of something's going on. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I would say most of the time it turns out to be nothing. Um, you know, especially when women are right at that 13 month, 12 month mark, you know, your ovaries could release a burst of hormones and it turns out to be nothing. However, like you mentioned on the flip side, it could be any one of all of these things and even something serious like a cancer or a precancer of the uterus. Yeah, it's important to check it. Yeah. Or we didn't even go into of, you know, it could be a cervical cancer or, or other malignancies, which is why at your first evaluation visit, you mentioned you're doing a pelvic exam and certainly are looking at the cervix and vagina. Yeah. So hope you all found this helpful. If you've had irregular bleeding, highly recommend you get some care about that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Her. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook and the web. Go to www.dramybrenner.com to learn more. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute as medical advice, the practice of medicine, nursing or other healthcare services. No patient-physician relationship is formed. 
The information in the podcast and any references, material or links are at the sole discretion of the listener and not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Listeners should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical issues or diagnoses that they may have and should seek medical advice from their healthcare provider for any such conditions.